Good afternoon, everyone. Happy holidays to you all. It is December 9th. I have a Christmas party to go to tomorrow. Last week, I threw my own Christmas party. Me and my cousin, we had a great time. Next week, I have a free weekend. Then I have a New Year's Eve, I mean, Christmas Eve party, and then a New Year's Eve party. So I'll be partying all month. I hope that you guys get to party because it's the last month of the year. Don't you want to go out and have fun, enjoy, drink a little bit, hug, you know, do your happy holidays, happy, you know, New Year's Eve, all that good stuff. So I'm excited to party with my friends. Let me tell you what I accomplished on Thanksgiving. So excited about it. The food was done. I think all the food was done before 12 o'clock. Oh my gosh. That is very special. I'm pat myself on the back. I'll do it all again on Christmas. Of course, I have to make more stuff because we have more people coming over. Christmas is the big dinner. Thanksgiving is the small dinner because all my cousins come over and it's going to be a good time. I have, I think I want to make, I might make two pies. I'm going to make two pies. Got my bourbon sweet potatoes, the mac and cheese. We have to make a vegan one. Um, Collard greens, mashed potatoes, turkey wings. I don't know what else I'm going to make, but I'm excited. I'm excited to cook. Um, I've been on my drink tip, right? So my apple cider with honey jack. Oh, delicious. It's so good. And I also wanted to make an apple cider sangria. I didn't accomplish that yet. So I am going to work on that. I still have to pick up some stuff from my cousin's house from the party that we had last week. But I'm really excited for this, you know, this holiday season. It's going to be fun. I got to get like two more Christmas shirts. Um, You know, my little cute little Christmas outfit. You know, I like inappropriate stuff. So I'm going to try and find a, an inappropriate um Christmas shirt to wear on Christmas. Um, I have a cute little sweater that lights up. It's very inappropriate. I don't even remember what it says, but it has a reindeer on it. I don't know when I'm going to wear that. I might wear that tomorrow. But then I have another shirt, the Merry Christmas, You Filthy Animals from Home Alone. That's cute. Not really inappropriate. Not that inappropriate. You know what I mean? I'm not going to be wearing these shirts around children until like Christmas, but they'll be okay because they're not babies. They are teenagers, so they'll get it. It's not that inappropriate. Brittany Griner is, she's home. Brittany Griner's home. It seemed like, well, it did happen overnight because that's the, the news that I woke up to. Um, she's home. She was swapped in Abu Dhabi. Um, and there's a lot of uh, commentary going on with people who are displeased that, um, Paul Whelan, who is a um, also a prisoner, <laughs> excuse me, in Russia, um, has not been released. Um, I don't. Uh, a lot of people talking, they don't know what they're talking about. Um, there was a deal on the table for both Brittany Griner and Paul Whelan to come home, but Russia, it didn't work out that way. Okay. Um, what I do know. Is that um, if you've been living under a rock, let me just inform you. Brittany Griner um, was detained because she had um, 
an illegal substance, okay? Um, it's not illegal here in the United States. I don't think uh, the amount that she had, but it is illegal in Russia. Uh, she got in trouble and she was detained. Now, the reason they kept her so long was, of course, a political reason, okay? They kept her because they saw the noise that the United States was making about her wrongful detainment and the wrongful conviction and they knew that they could use it to their leverage because we wanted her to come home and they they did because they got their guy back who is Victor Bout and he (laughs) this guy is not he's not a good guy he's not a good guy but when you're trading people you sometimes have to do things that you don't necessarily want to do or take people back and give other people people that you don't want to give them because they could be an asset in destroying countries. Got it. Okay, so let's get into how many people, American citizens, are actually detained in other countries. So according to the James Foley Foundation, there are 60 or more people that are wrongfully detained in other countries as of today, December 9th, 2022. Okay, so the foundation says that U.S. citizens are wrongfully detained in about 18 countries. Most are held by U.S. adversaries such as Iran, Russia, Venezuela, and what they're seeking by holding these people hostage is either cash or major changes in the U.S. foreign policy that's what they want. Now, I don't know which countries have the most, but I do know that Iran has a lot. Um, there is a man named Siamak Namazi. He's a businessman. He's in his late 40s, and he has U.S. and Iranian citizenship. He was detained in 2015 by Revolutionary Guards while visiting his family in Tehran. Months later, his ailing father, Bakir, was detained after returning to Iran to visit his jailed son. Father and son were sentenced to 2000, into 2016 to 10 years in prison for spying and cooperating with the U.S. government. In 2018, authorities released Bakir on medical grounds, but he has remained under house arrest. Iranian-American businessman Imad Shargi, who moved to Iran from the United States in 2017, was arrested in 2018. He was released on bail after eight months. A revolutionary court cleared him of spying and other charges, but kept a travel ban. In November 2020, another revolutionary court sentenced him to 10 years in jail for espionage, and he has been detained since January 2021. We have Morad Tabaz. Um, an Iranian-American environmentalist who also holds British citizenship. He was arrested in 2018. In 2019, he was sentenced to 10 years in prison on charges of colluding against national security and spying for the U.S. government. Tabaz, who denies the charges, has been released on bail but must wear an electronic tracking bracelet, Iranian state media said on Wednesday. So those are the, what is that, three, four people that are in Iran. And then we have Venezuela, at least eight Americans, I'm sorry, maybe it's Venezuela, are held in Venezuela, including five executives of Citgo Petroleum, 
a U.S. unit of Venezuela's state oil company, PDVSA, whom the United States says were wrongfully detained in 2017. Washington says Venezuela is wrongfully holding Matthew Heath, a Marine veteran arrested in 2020 on charges of terrorism and arms trafficking. Heath, who has denied charges, was hospitalized in June after what his lawyer said was an attempted suicide. U.S. officials said Heath has not sent by Washington, was not sent by Washington, and have accused Venezuela of holding him illegally. Now, this one is Rwanda, Africa. Rwanda is holding Paul Rusesa Bajina, a political dissident, charged with terrorism and other offenses last month after his arrest nearly a year ago. The case of Rusesa Bajina, a Belgian citizen and permanent resident of the United States, has attracted international attention partly because his story of protecting Tutsi guests during the genocide was made into the movie Hotel Rwanda. So if you have seen that movie, you would know who this man is. Then we have Syria. An American freelance journalist and former Marine Austin Tice disappeared in Syria in August 2012, age 31, while reporting on the uprising against Syrian President Bashar al-Assad. The identity of his captors is not known, and there has been no claim of responsibility. His family believes he is still alive. Syria has not publicly acknowledged Tice's detainment, but in 2020, U.S. officials under the Trump administration visited Damascus for secret meetings with the Syrian government seeking Tice's release. So, apparently the man is still alive and is being held captive. Okay, so those are just some examples of the people that are being held against their will in other countries, being detained, um, in order for the United States to fold, either give, give them some money, or change some U.S. policy that the country does not agree with. Um, I don't know if they're going to get what they want, um, but let's talk about Victor Bout. He is considered the merchant of death. He is who was swapped out for Brittany Griner yesterday. Um, a lot of people only know of him as the, you know, merchant of death. And that's all they keep saying because they didn't read and they don't know anything else. So let's just get into who Victor Bout is. Okay, so Victor Bout is dubbed the merchant of death and also the sanctions buster. He was among the most wanted men in the world before his 2008 arrest. Let's talk about the sanctions really quickly. So sanctions are used to address violations of international law, human rights abuses, and other forms of state-sponsored crime. Governments may impose economic sanctions against designated targets around the world. So usually when a country such as Russia uh, does something bad, the United States will put sanctions on that country. Meaning that, oh, you know... There was a time, if it wasn't a rumor, there was a time where um, the United States took everybody that came over on a, a visa that was, like, working with the Russian government. They had to go back home, okay? Um, I believe that was when Obama was president, if I'm not mistaken. I don't quite remember when that was, but I remember I was cognizant, so I was an adult, and I remember that happening, um, 
Sanction measures usually include trade and investment pro prohibitations, import and export embargoes. You know, remember there was a time, I think it's still, it's back now. There was once a time where it didn't exist, but now it's back. For a long time, we could not go to Cuba. Americans could not go to Cuba. There was nothing from Cuba allowed in this country. That was an embargo. So, um, they import and export embargoes, that happens where, you know, Cuba would not be able to make any money from American citizens because their goods could not come here. Um, asset freezes. Um, that happens a lot when it comes to the U.S. and Russia. Uh, the U.S. will most certainly freeze um, some Russian assets. And, you know, we know of Russian people high in the government to be, um, to have a lot, a lot, a lot of money. They're very, very, very wealthy people. And also travel, um, prohibitations. Um, you, you can't travel. You can't come here. You know, you got to stay where you are. Um, you can't go to certain countries. So those are what sanctions are. And Victor Bell didn't give a damn about sanctions. So he would just do what he wanted to do. And a lot of the times he didn't get caught. He is a man who had a lot, a lot of weapons. And he would sell his weapons to all different types of warlords and countries and... Okay, so his clients included rogue states, warlords in Asia and Africa, um, likely had ties to Russian intelligence. Um, Moscow long sought his release from the U.S. jail. So, you know, Russia was really wanting to get this guy um, from over here when he was locked up because they actually really need him because he's so dangerous and you know how Putin is. Putin wants to be the most dangerous man in the world. Um, in fact, I believe he's probably one of the most unhinged men in the world as far as foreign policy, um, the control that he has over people, etc. I know some people will argue that that's Donald Trump, but actually Putin, it would be Putin because Putin is actually smarter than Donald Trump. Um, there's nothing more laughable than an unhinged idiot. Uh, most of the people who are unhinged, who are really scary, who the, our government is really afraid of, are people that are really smart. So Donald Trump is, he's a threat, but not really. Another fun fact about Victor Bout, his notoriety was such that his life helped inspire a Hollywood film, 2005's Lord of War, starring Nicolas Cage and Yuri Orlov, an arms dealer loosely based on Bout. Even so, Bout's origins remain shrouded in mystery. Biographies generally agree that he was born in 1967 in Dushanbe, then the capital of Soviet Tajikistan, close to the border with Afghanistan. Um, he's a gifted linguist who later used his reported command of English, French, Portuguese, Arabic, and Persian to build his international empire. Of course, I'm not condoning this, but I'm here to say, do you see how important it is to know more than one language? He built his empire because he knew how to communicate with people. He didn't need a translator. Um... So yeah, not for you all to commit any war crimes or anything like that, but if you do have a business and you want to expand, or if you do have a career and you do want to expand, you may want to learn another language. It's not easy, but it is very beneficial. Thank you. Back to Victor. A stint in the Soviet army followed, where about 
has said he achieved the rank of lieutenant, serving as a military translator, including in Angola, a country that would later become central to his business. Bout's big breakthrough came in the days after the 1989-91 collapse of the communist bloc. Cashing in on a sudden glut of discarded Soviet-era weaponry to fuel a series of fratricidal civil wars in Africa, Asia, and beyond. With the Soviet Union's vast air fleet disintegrating, Bout was able to acquire a squadron of around 60 old Soviet military aircraft based out of the United Arab Emirates, by which he could supply his products around the world. In Afghanistan, he variously sold guns to Islamist Taliban insurgents and their foes in the pro-Western Northern Alliance, according to Merchant of Death. It said Bout supplied guns to then-Liberian president and warlord Charles Teller, now serving a 50-year prison term for murder, rape, and terrorism, and to various Congolese factions, as well as Philippine Islamist militant group Abu Sayyaf. So this man is everywhere selling guns to people and to their opponents. He don't give a damn as long as all this shit is sold and he can make money. And it is what it is. Um, How does that get into the way of what America is doing? Even though he is the most wanted man in the world and probably other countries wanted him. Why is he dangerous to America? Hmm. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about Ukraine for a second. Now, this man being back home and released into Russia's custody could be really bad for the Ukraine. I don't know what was worked out before the man was released. Um, I don't know if the man can do whatever the hell he wants to do in Russia now that he is released. Um, I don't know if Biden gave them a warning. I'm not sure. I don't know that Brittany is not you know, a criminal in that sense where she is, you know, um, in the business of selling weapons to everybody around the world. So there may have not been any, um, demands on Russia's side about what Brittany should do when she get home, but with this guy, possibly. So the thing is when it comes to the Ukraine, right, we have been, um, the United States has been supplying them with money and with weapons like we do other people, other countries, other small groups in countries to fight off their um, governments. And, you know, now we have the Ukraine fighting off Russia, right? So we supply them with those things. If you have this guy who is also supplying the opposition, the opponents with these weapons, eh, it's probably going to be really hard for the people that the United States want to win to defeat their opponents if they are be being um, provided with weapons by this guy here because he knows where all the good shit is. And I'm always amazed by Americans who um, say like, you know, oh my God, this guy is horrible. He's bad, bad person. Do you know what country you live in? Do you know what this government has done? Either the people really don't know, um, they don't care or they don't think it's bad because America did it. Either way, all three of those things are stupid. The only thing we can do now is see what happens next with this guy. And just, you know, keep him on your radar. Think about him every now and then. Think about what is this guy doing? There may be articles out about him of things that he's gotten his ass into since he has been released from the United States. 
So just keep an eye on this guy. Not that you can do anything to stop him, but just keep an eye on him. See what he's up to every now and then. That's all. Let's talk about Paul Whelan. Uh, Paul Whelan is um, another captive of Russia. He is an American citizen. He was in the military and the people want him to come home. Now, yesterday I was on Twitter and I was looking at the commentary uh, surrounding Brittany Griner being released. And a lot of people, um, there were a lot of people that were like, you know what? You guys are saying, oh, he should have come home first because he fought um, for us in the military, but let's talk about why he was dishonorably discharged. Hmm? Why he's no longer a U.S. Marine. Okay, so he was not dishonorably discharged. He received a bad conduct discharge from the Marines in 2008. In terms of severity of punishment, this form of discharge is second to and distinct from a dishonorable discharge. So, like I said earlier, since Brittany Griner is home, people started to kind of dig back into Paul Whelan's background. So, Whelan received what is categorized broadly as a punitive discharge. Specifically, he received a bad conduct discharge handed down by a special court martial. As described in a 2008 appeal that was denied, Whelan received his sentence for, among other things, attempted larceny, false statements, and dereliction of duty. It says here that a military judge sitting as a special court martial convicted the appealant, Paul Whelan, consistent with his pleas of attempted larceny, three specifications of dereliction of duty, making a false official statement, wrongfully using another social security number, and 10 specifications of making and uttering checks without having sufficient funds in his account for payment. He was sentenced to 60 days restriction, reduction to pay grade E4, and a bad conduct discharge. Now let's talk about how he got detained in Russia. In December 2018, while on a trip to attend a friend's wedding in Russia, Whelan was detained by Federal Security Service, FSB agents. Russian authorities alleged he possessed a computer flash drive containing classified information. Whelan said the drive had been given to him by a friend as part of a sting operation, and he was under the impression it contained wedding photographs. In a trial, the U.S., Criticized as unfair, Whelan was convicted of spying and sentenced to 16 years in a Russian penal colony. Because Whelan received a bad conduct discharge, the claim that Paul Whelan received a punitive discharge from the Marines is true. So the problem here is, as you can see, we know why Paul was detained in the first place. It is more severe than what Brittany Griner was held there for. So they're treating his release way different than hers. And our government had two choices. Either you take Brittany Griner or you take nobody. So they did what they were supposed to do. They took Brittany Griner. Paul is being treated differently because they believe that he was a spy. So that's way different than somebody bringing drugs over. Some the drug that's a very, very small amount for them to use and not to distribute to Russian citizens. Do you know what I mean? So this is why we're in the situation we are in. Paul was also supposed to be released a few years ago, but they released another Marine. And the reason they released the other Marine 
is because he was sentenced 20 years on drug charges too. So it's way different than thinking somebody's a spy. They're going to have to do more work to get Paul Whelan out. I don't know what they can do next. I'm not sure. I'm not a part of the military. I don't know what's going on. Do I have faith that Paul be coming home? Yes, I do. I don't. I do. I think they're going to get Paul home. And to be completely honest, I think Paul will probably be coming home next year sometime. I don't know when, but I think sometime next year he'll be home. It's been reported that Mariah Carey would like for Nick Cannon to carve out more time to spend with their 11-year-old twins, Rock and Row. Surprise, surprise, the man with 11 children cannot find the time to spend with them all. I told y'all that this shit, it's not a good idea to have all these kids. Sorry. Okay, since I don't want anybody to be confused about what we're going into next, we're going to list the baby's mothers of Nick's Cannon, Nick Cannon's children. It looks like there's five of them. So, of course, we know of Mariah Carey, who is his ex-wife and his only wife. Um, we have Brittany Bell. We have Abby De La Rosa. We have Alyssa Scott. We have Bree Taisi. And we have Lanisha Cole. So, that's six. Okay. Six people. Six women who decided to have babies with Nick Cannon. We don't fault Mariah Carey because she was the first. So, she has Monroe and Moroccan Cannon. Okay, they are 11 years old. The third child is Golden Sagan Cannon, and that's Brittany Bell's child, who is five years old. Golden Cannon is a boy, Monroe is a girl, and Moroccan is a boy. So we have two boys, one girl so far. The next child is also Brittany Bell's. Her name is Powerful Queen Cannon, and she's 22 months. The next child is a boy, and that's Abby De La Rosa's son, Zillian Air Cannon, who's 16 months. We also have another boy by Abby De La Rosa. They are twins. Zion Mixolydian Cannon, also 16 months. The seventh child is with Alyssa Scott, and that's Zen Cannon. That's the baby who passed away from a brain tumor. The next child is Legendary Love Cannon, who is four months old, and that is Bree Taisi's child. The ninth baby is Onyx Ice Cold Cannon, born September 14th, so she is three months old at this point. And her mom is Lanisha Cole. Lanisha Cole is the dark-skinned girl that was in the front video of Pharrell featuring Jay-Z with Lauren London, if you remember her. Very pretty girl. She was also in Soul Plane. And she was in another video. She's a she's a video girl. Really pretty girl. Actress. Gorgeous. Now, I knew that she was dating Nick Cannon. And then I thought that they broke up. And then a f maybe a year later, I saw that she was pregnant. But she was um, commending this beautiful photographer on her page. And I was like, well, maybe it's his kid. Maybe they're dating. Well, I was very disappointed to know that this child belongs to Nick Cannon. Very disappointed. The 10th child is Rise Messiah Cannon, who was born just nine days later on September 23rd. And then we have the 11th child, who was beautiful, Zeppelin Cannon. 
and that child belongs to Abby De La Rosa. That's a girl. I'm sorry. The tenth child, Rise Messiah Cannon, belongs to Brittany Bell, and he is a boy. Now, the twelfth child is not here yet. It's going to be Alyssa Scott's child. Um, we don't know if it's a boy or a girl, but the baby is due this month. So we shall see. That's 12 kids. So far, Nick Cannon is paying $3 million a year in child support. Um, he says he spends way more money than that on his children because he does not feel that the government needs to intervene in him providing for his children. Okay, great. Let's look at how many jobs Nick Cannon has. Okay, so let's talk about the jobs. So we know that Nick Cannon in 2009 was named chairman of Teen Nick, which makes him, the, at the time, the youngest TV chairman in history. We know that he created, um, produced Wild and Out. We know that he is the executive producer and host of The Masked Singer. He's the host and producer of his radio show, which is nationally nationally syndicated, called Nick Cannon Radio. And he also had a talk show called Nick Cannon that debuted on September 27, 2001. Um, I don't believe that show is on air anymore. But that's, what, five things? Mass Singer, his radio show, his talk show... And Teen Nick. So, with all of these jobs, and I think Matt Singer comes on once a week, but that doesn't mean that he's only working once a week because he's still an executive producer. Um, Where does one find the time to spend with 12, 11, almost 12 children? Where does one find the time to spend with their children? His children don't all live in the same... I know Mariah's in New York City... I think these other ladies, I do believe they're all in L.A. I could be wrong, but I do believe that they are all in L.A. Um, but when does he see all of his children? Is everybody living on a compound? Is there a place where Nick Cannon can come home? And, you know, is it very much sister-wise where you can come home and there's three different houses in the cul-de-sac and you can see all your kids. You can see all your kids and spend time with all your kids. But even so, if you're spending time with all... 10, almost 11 children. I'm sorry, 11, almost 12 children. Where, how do you do that? How do you spend one-on-one -on -one time with all of your children and get to know your children, even though they are babies now, right? So when they grow up and they're cognizant of their relationship with their father and, you know, um, what it means to have a father and what a father should do, how do you carve in that one-on-one -on -one time? You can't even spend time with your children on the other coast. So how do you, you carve in time to be able to be an actual father figure to your children instead of a man who just spends money and helps your mom make you? What is How does that work? And I think that's my problem with Nick Cannon and him having all these kids. You cannot possibly, it is physically, mentally, emotionally impossible for you to give um, over... Two children, exactly, um, well, let's say over four. Over four children, what they need from their father. Can't do it. It's impossible. But he keeps having these kids, and a lot of people's arguments um, are, well, you know, he can have these kids. He has enough money to have these kids. But these are the people 
who do have children. And when their children get older, they will see how much they felt as parents because it's not all about the money. You're actually raising human beings. Um, there needs to be a moral compass. Um, there needs to be um, conflict resolution skills. There needs to be a way for these children to identify their emotions. There needs to be um, an evaluation if these children um, have anxiety, have ADHD, have any of these things. How will you know? You don't know your children. How will you know? So it is, um, hard. I think this is horrible for him to have all these children and, um, you know, potentially his children can grow up and just not get the things that they need in life. And I know people say, well, everybody's not perfect and there's no handbook, but I'll tell you one thing, there may not be a handbook, but a lot of people with brains know it's not smart to have all these kids. Okay. It's just not smart. It's not smart to, especially in this day and age. I don't care how much money you have. It's not smart because you can't give these kids all of your attention and you can't fully, you can't develop them into fully capable human beings. They're all going to need therapy. Every single one of them. Okay. 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 So Wednesday night, watch what happens live comes on and it's Bethany and Jeff Lewis. And if you know me, you know that I love Jeff Lewis and I love Bethany. A lot of people may ask why, because a lot of people don't like Jeff and a lot of people don't like Bethany. I like the fact that they are very quick with their words and they're sometimes inappropriate and they're funny and they really have smart mouths. I love it. Okay. And I've always wanted them in the same room at the same time on television. And I finally got what I wanted on Wednesday night. Here's the problem. A lot of people were not happy with the outcome of this show. A lot of people were. Now, let me tell you what Jeff said on his show the next day. So Jeff has his own show on Sirius FM, XM, I'm sorry, I don't know why I said FM, but Sirius XM, he has his own show, Jeff Lewis Live. And he said that uh, Bethany, um, after she got off air, she posted on her stories, which she did, I went to go look at it, that, you know, her team and her daughter, Bren, felt like she was ambushed and they felt like Jeff was being mean to her. Jeff is a person who says smart things and a lot of the times he, he's joking, but you can't tell if he's joking because there's a poker face there. He's not smiling. He's not doing any of that. Bethany, however, is quite different. She says smart things and she means it, but sometimes she'll chuckle. Sometimes she'll give you like a little hint that she's joking, but Bethany knows this about Jeff. So I don't understand what the problem was. Well, Bethany then went on to do her Rewives episode of her, no, her podcast Rewives. And at the end of the episode, she had a few things to say about her time on Watch What Happens Live. She felt like she was bought on there to be ambushed, yada, 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 yada. Okay, let's be very clear. On Watch What Happens Live, they talked about the fact that Bethany trashed the housewives and said it was a very toxic environment, which she has said thousands and thousands of times. And they talked about the fact, like, why are you doing rewives now if you say it's such a toxic environment? Well, Bethany said, I can talk about the show. I just don't want to come back to the show. And she does talk about the housewives a lot, and she does talk about a lot of the things that goes on on different franchises. Now, the reason I like uh, Rewives is because it's very different. There are no other Real Housewives of New York cast members, uh, past or present, who 
are doing podcasts in this way. What Bethany does is she goes back to the most famous episodes of this franchise and she talks about what happened behind the scenes. Um, my I have two favorites. I the Tom episode, which you know I love, I love season eight. Um, when Luann found out that Tom was a cheater and she married him anyway because she is a person um, with a lack of self-esteem and she always needs a man to be around her. Um, and then we had Scary Island. Everybody knows about Scary Island. Season three, Ramona took the girls to a quote-unquote honeymoon because she had just remo- renewed her vows. Don't remember. I think they went to St. I don't remember what St. Thomas, if I'm not mistaken. They were on a boat, and then they were um, in a big house. And Kelly Ben Simone, you know, she just went nuts. She just, she was off her rocker. And Bethany was saying that, you know, it was way worse than what we saw on television and that a producer actually had to accompany Kelly on the plane because they believed that she was having a nervous breakdown. And production, it doesn't usually happen with production. He actually had to sit in first class with her um, just to keep an eye on her and to make sure that she was safe. Also, a funny thing that we did not know is that Bethany made crab cakes and she made filet mignon that night, if I'm not mistaken. And there were some crab cakes left over. And, of course, she put them away and put them in the fridge. Apparently, the crew got hungry. Producers on the show got hungry and they had some crab cakes. The next morning, Ramona wakes up and she wanted some leftover crab cakes and they were not there. So, Ramona went crazy and started cursing everybody out. That, to me, is hilarious. That's something that we would have never known. Nobody would have ever told us that. Um... Like, Bethany, this show is has a lot of gems in it that we would never know otherwise. And Bethany also said that she uh, saved Sonia um, because they were actually going to get rid of Sonia. She also saved Alex McCord. They were going to get rid of Alex, but remember when Bethany was pregnant and she told Alex to go tell Jill that, you know, the relationship is over. And then that's what Alex was like, well, I am in Brooklyn. You are in high school. That that whole little bit is what kept Alex, and that's because um, Bethany told Alex to go and do that. So Bethany was also a really good producer of Real Housewives of New York. These things we would not know. Now, the other aspect of her show is that she has people come on, and they talk about the situations that the women are in and the things that go on backstage, and they give their expertise from what they do in life and their careers, and then they also... um. You know, Bethany asks when it came to Tom and Luann, would you tell your friend if you found out that her fiance of what, two weeks was at a bar sucking face with a girl for two hours? Would you tell her or would you not? Damned if you do, damned if you don't, because what happened was Bethany had all of the information. If you've never seen this episode, she had all of the information. She had timestamps. She had all of this just to set, just to make sure that her story was backed up by all of the evidence because Luann is the type of person who does not believe her girlfriend. She treated Ramona, who had dated Tom more than three times, and Sonia, who was sleeping with Tom over a course of 10 years. She treated them absolutely horribly because Luann is not a girl's girl. So... Bethany wanted to make sure she had all of the right information and that it was ironclad so that Luann did not say that she was lying. Well, it backfired anyway because when they this happened all in Miami, she found out about him doing this in Miami. So when they got back home to New York, uh, Luann, she just did an about face and said, I don't want you in my business. Stay out of my business. Okay. I'm going to try to be a friend and help you. But you're embarrassed. And then her friend Barbara, who actually ended up being on the show a few seasons later, you can hear her. She was mic'd up, but I don't think she knew she was mic'd up. 
or maybe it was Carol who was mic'd up. Yeah, Carol was mic'd up because um, Barbara was talking to Carol at the party. They had like an engagement party or something for Luann in New York City. And she says, um, you know, she'd rather go down the aisle than call it off. She'd rather actually marry him to say that she actually did marry him instead of having to say, well, you know, we called it off because that's who Luann is. She is a person with a lack of self-esteem, right? And then after all of that, we know the fate of Luann. She ended up going to jail, told a police officer that she was going to kill him, um, did not get shot because she's a white woman, um, and ended up having to do community service. And the lady is just a hot mess. So, you know, those conversations were had, too, on Bethany's show. Rewives is actually a very good show. It is original in its form. Yes, everybody does recap shows and things like that. But everybody does not have the scoop. And everybody does not have the intelligence that Bethany has. I'm so sorry. A lot of people don't like her. But that's okay. The show is very, very good. So... What Andy was saying was, you know, I just didn't understand why you would be doing this. And she was like, well, I'm doing it because I'm doing it. And then um, Jeff asked her what was so different about her show from the other shows. And he said something else and she kind of like turned around and was like, you know, I'm not a disgruntled employee because I actually left on my own accord twice. I was never fired. And Jeff was like, yeah, I was fired. And she was like, I know that's why you're over there and you're bitter. But it was banter. It wasn't mean. It was just banter. They were going back and forth. So Jeff said that on his show after he, um, Bethany also gave his daughter a Christmas gift. He gave, she gave Monroe a Christmas gift. So, uh, Jeff sent her a DM and said, thank you so much for the gift. Um, I had a great time with you. And he said that her response was very cold. So then he came back and he said, you know, um, I thought you were great TV and I had a good time. Her response was, it was, it was awesome TV, right? Again, a little, eh, I don't know. Kind of trying to read the room, don't really know where she stands. And then, um, I believe he said, you know, I'm so sorry if I did hurt your feelings. I did listen to the end of your show and I, you know, I want to apologize if I hurt your feelings. So then Bethany called him and they had a conversation and Jeff said that, you know, they squashed everything and, you know, sometimes you let people get in your ear talking about Bethany's team and her daughter because Bethany says she didn't feel like it was an ambush. She felt like she had fun and she can take it. But when you sometimes you let people get in your ear and you, you know, you feel a certain way. That's what happens. I'm very proud of Jeff because five years ago this would have been a beef this would have been a real beef because Jeff has had beef with a lot of people he's had beef with Vicky he's had beef with Shannon and they're both his really good friends he's had beef with uh Megan uh not Megan I'm sorry he's had beef with uh Kelly he's had beef with a lot of people um the good thing is he has them on his show and they they talk or whatever but he said that you know his feelings would have been hurt uh, five years ago, he would have went straight to the media on straight on his show and trashed Bethany. But instead, he decided to apologize like an adult. And, you know, that's it's squashed. And see, this is what happens when people grow. This is growth, honey, because it doesn't have to go that far. You have a conversation. You don't let people get in your ear, the comments, whatever. Just let it go. Be kind to one another because they are friends. They said that they are friends with one another. 
Um, so don't let the people or the viewers get in the middle of that. You guys know who you are. You guys know what the intentions were. And it is what it is. Let it go. It's not a big deal. It was a good show. I don't have much to say about Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. All I can say is that I've missed probably three episodes. Watch the episode that came on Wednesday night. And, you know... I don't understand why these people don't have a backbone and why they're so, excuse me, afraid of Jen Shaw. She's not a scary person. She throws temper tantrums and she needs to be slapped. That's pretty much what's going down here. But it just seems like people don't want to put her in her place and they are absolutely afraid of her and everybody's grown. And I don't understand why they're letting this lady walk around like Godzilla and smash and throw and do all this stuff. And they just sit there and they let her talk over them and they're afraid to say what they want to say. And they're whispering behind her back and all of this stuff. And then they say that they're her friend. It's very strange. I don't like it. I'll be glad when the woman goes to jail. And, you know, that's all I have to say about Salt Lake City. So yesterday, Celine Dion posted on her Instagram with a video of her sending a message to all of her fans, letting us know that she has stiff person syndrome, which is a rare and incurable neurological condition it causes severe muscle spasms and stiffening in the limbs. So, unfortunately, like, she can't sing. Sometimes it doesn't allow her to use her vocal cords like she used to. Um, she has postponed all of her shows. I know she has had uh, a lot of postpones and, and cancellations of her shows recently. So now she has, uh, she's rescheduled her spring 2023 shows to 2024. And she canceled eight of her summer 2023 shows. Um, it's just so sad. It's so sad because, because it's just, she's been through so much. You know, she lost her husband, cancer. It's been just really, and she continues to go out and sing because she loves to sing, right? It, it's what keeps her, you know, it's what keeps her going. So, this stiff person syndrome, like I said, is a neurological disorder with features of an autoimmune disease. So, the disorder causes a fluctuating muscle rigidity and spasms that are triggered by things like loud noise, cold temperatures, or sudden movement. The spasms can cause or exacerbate falls, which can result in further in injury. Abnormal postures, often hunched over and stiffened, are characteristics of the disorder. People with SPS can be too disabled to walk or move, or they are afraid to leave the house because street noises, such as the sound of a horn, can trigger spasms and falls. Stiff person syndrome is rare. It affects only about one or two in a million people. Researchers don't fully understand the causes of the disorder. The NIH says, but it could be the result of an autoimmune disorder in the brain and spinal cord. People with SPS have elevated levels of antibodies that target an enzyme that synthesizes an important neurotransmitter in the brain. 
The disorder is not curable, but treatment with muscle relaxants and anticonvulsants can help improve and control symptoms, doctors say. In her announcement, Dion said she's drawing strength from her three children and believes she's on the road to recovery. I'm working hard with my sports medicine therapist every day to build back my strength and my ability to perform every day, she said. But I have to admit it's been a struggle. I don't even know what to say about this because when I woke up, I was on such a high from Brittany Griner coming home. And then this news was just like, what? Really, Celine? And it's incurable. Like, there's nothing that she can do but try and build up her strength. But does she deteriorate? Or is it like um, an up and down of, you know, getting the strength and, you know, having these things? And can she live with this for a long time is my question. Or is she? are we going to watch this woman that we know to be such a powerhouse strong woman deteriorate in front of our eyes. So that's not something as a fan that I am ready to see, to know, to hear, to read. I don't want any of that. So I pray that Celine Dion is building the strength that she needs and that this was would not cause her to deteriorate but just to, you know, go through the struggle of having this and that she can live a long, long life because it's Celine Dion. She deserves. So that's all for this week, guys. I will see you next week with much, much more to talk about. You know, somebody's going to do something, say something that we have to talk about. So I'll see you guys next week. Have a great weekend. Be safe.